Identity Podcast. We are a faith-based platform where we influence creatives to live authentically in pursuit of their purpose. So if you're passionate about impacting lives, monetizing your gifts and talents, and you desire to grow a relationship with God, then tune in to our podcast. We are so glad to have you a part of our community. Welcome back to the God Identity Podcast. I am your host, Arnesia. In today's episode, I have my special guest with me, Lindasha. Lindasha Jamison. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hey. All right. So I honestly, I just met Lindasha. She is such a beauty. And Lindasha is a Spelman graduate who is now a multi six-figure lawyer that is building a law firm that is on its way to $1 million this year and has envisioned and achieved all of her major goals since she was eight years old. And um, when she's not practicing law, she is teaching high-achieving women how to envision their elevation and live life more abundantly. How wonderful is there anything else you'd like to share with us about yourself? Well, no, you, that is a very, very warm welcome. So I just want to say thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Absolutely. Listen, I, I'm, I'm all excited for this, um, this whole entire conversation because I've, I've looked, I've peeped a little bit and I like your Instagram and then I see that you have a few courses as well. So I believe that you're going to give us just some more like really high quality, good things. And I want to talk about on the subject of leveling up to, you know, becoming a better woman when it comes to you, just understanding like where you are right now. Um, it's so important to, of course, take care of who you are, but always know that there's a higher level there's something higher for us all. So I want to just talk on that subject of leveling up to a high value woman. So tell us about your story. Like what are some things that got you into wanting to help women in general? Absolutely. Um, So a little bit about my story. I am originally from South Carolina. Um, I am the oldest daughter of um, four children by, by my mother. And so I definitely come from a hometown where I grew up around cousins and my grandmother and aunties and really surrounded by family. Um, I decided actually when I was about, I told my mom when I was about three years old that I wanted to go and be a lawyer, had a fascination with the television show Matlock. And so, you know, if your mom, you know, if you're a mom and your three-year-old comes to you and is like, oh, I want to be a lawyer like Matlock, you kind of say, oh, okay, baby, yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. But, you know, at three, how can a child know what it is that they really want to do and accomplish it? But for whatever reason, it was in my heart, whatever Matlock was doing, which at the time, you know, he's a criminal defense lawyer, really stuck that exposure to me and, and how he moved really stuck to me. And not only that, I've manifested it. I've spent three years as an attorney here in Atlanta um, doing criminal defense work. And now I am a healthcare lawyer. Um, but my background is definitely one where my mom is a single parent. You know, we had 
she did the best that she could with four kids. Lovely, lovely relationship with my mom taught me so much about life and maneuvering relationships and always remaining true to what I wanted to do. And I really took heart to that and um, just took off, really focused in school. Um, you know, my father wasn't a huge part of my life. So fatherlessness is a part of my story as well. I could count on one one hand how many times I saw my birth father growing up. But even despite some of the challenges that occurred with fatherlessness and then also with my mom doing her best to take care of us, but, you know, not having the most financial resources, I've been able to just craft this path using my gifts, using my talents and knowing who I am um, to really manifest the life that I love. Um, currently married to my college sweetheart. We've been together 16 years, married 13 as a blast. Yes, we travel the world. He's a physician. Um, I have friendships from every stage of my life. Great girlfriends. Last night, I was spending some time with my girlfriends from Spelman. The night before that, um, one of my girlfriends from high school who lives in Atlanta, we went to dinner. So just having a great community around me, a wonderful church. And there have been some really intentional decisions that I know I've made to take my life from kind of where it started in South Carolina to where it's where it is right now and where I believe it's going. I love it. I love it. Such so much has just unloaded. And um, I can tell that like education is something that's big for you. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I think for me, um, I laughed because when I was growing up, like we lived on, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. And as a result, I lived on like each side of the hood, except for like east side. Right. So I stayed on the north side of the town, the south side of the town, and the west side of the town. So the east side is the only place I didn't live. And if it weren't for education, you know, with some of the issues that can affect individuals who don't come from a background with a lot of financial resources, if it weren't for school, I don't know what my ticket um, into the next level of my life would have been. So it's very important to me. Right. And I know like nowadays, because I do have, you know, a lot of people who think that, oh, you don't need to go to college. And I know that's like such a big thing right now. But as you can see, there are times you need to go to college, like to become a lawyer or physician. Like, <laughs> so I want, I, I honestly, I commend you for like going down that path and just hearing, speaking about that and just being confident and bold about it because people have questions and they wonder, you know, do I need education? But to me, education is important. And um, education can be found in multiple ways, but college in particular, it's nothing wrong with that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we do live in a world that has mixed reviews about college. Um, for me, I think it's just very important to look at your individual gifts and talents and skill sets and use all that's available to us in the world to craft your path and to really like go after what it is that you desire in terms of a life. Um, for me, I'm an avid reader. I've been reading ever since I was a little girl, right? Mm -hmm. And so I love libraries. I literally travel and sometimes we'll find the library and just work in the library because I want to look around at the books. And, and that's from now, not just from when I was a little girl. So when you have a strong desire to learn in that capacity, you know, going to college or university is like a very logical next step for you. 
Exactly. Right. And there's nothing wrong with it too. So I want you to touch down too on like you said, gifts and talents. That's something I'm big on. And it's like, you know, I think you hit spot on where you were saying like just understanding your gifts and talents and, and allowing that to mold and path, mold, mold the path that you're on. So tell us a little bit about how gifts and passion, because I know you have like a course on becoming your best self, right? Is it um, a guide to finding your best self, right? Matchless. Okay. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Matchless. Cause I seen it. I was like, this is so dope. Like <laughs> you have it all in one. So tell us a little bit about that. So yes, absolutely. Matchless is um, a brand that I created back in 2016 um, when I decided I wanted to take so many of the gifts and so much of the things that I've learned on my own journey, I wanted to package it and share it with um, women in the world, right? More specifically, um, women who had a desire to be a very high achieving woman. Um, I think now we're calling it a high value woman. Um, there are so many names that we've had for it over the past, but really it's just a woman who is walking in her gifts, her talents, and the power that God gave her as an individual. And um, when I decided to package it, the first name that I went with was Matchless. So we created the initial Matchless course to go with my retreats. And under that course, I pretty much lay out in eight sessions um, many of the Every day, every month, every year, these every day, year, month tasks that I do in order to make sure that I'm in alignment with what I believe the vision for my life is and what that vision has been given to me from God. And so I'm examining who I am. I'm examining things such as my gifts, my talents, my personality. I talk about taking personality tests, all of the things I've done over the years to get a very clear sense of who I am. And then from that place, making decisions for my life in terms of where I wanted to go, where I wanted to be, what city I love to live in. And, you know, all of these things that are available in the earth to give you direction. I recognize that people had taken all of these different paths in life and just didn't know, like, if I'm out here and I'm feeling lost after a heartbreak, how do I rediscover myself? How do I get back to myself? And so I created that that course in order to introduce women to the steps that I've taken at different crossroads in my life to make sure that I'm grounded in who I am. And so we are currently rebranding Matchless right now. <laughs> and um, it's moving into Envision Your Elevation, whereby we're offering digital products and courses that focus on the five major areas of a woman's personal development and self-growth journey. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I want you to expand a little bit more too on like, what is that five different levels of a woman's uh, personal development journey? Absolutely. So according for our brand's purposes, there are five areas that a woman should examine in her life very regularly. Number one is her um, relationship with God or her relationship with spirituality. Number two is her relationship with herself and others, the other individuals that are close with her. Number three is her emotional state. She needs to take time to sit down and examine her emotional state. Number four is uh, are her thoughts, that there should be time set aside where you're thinking about your thoughts and what's dominating your mindset. And then the fifth area is your money. 
<laughs> that you need to be concerned with what's going on with your finances and making sure that you're developing a good relationship with money so that you can live the type of life that you want to. I love it. I love it. This makes sense and it all ties together. We're going to touch down on the money part. I want to dive into the, I'm thinking of the individual who is in this place of her life where she is trying to find herself. She's trying to find herself. She's trying to find who, what's her purpose? What are her gifts? Like I'm thinking of the person who hasn't technically tapped into the side of herself, like maybe she's been the one who's worked a lot, worked a lot, went to school, been doing things the right way, the, the way that society has told her to do, got married and has kids, but she has yet to finally sit down and discover herself. I want to touch down on that. What are some words you can say to her? You know, what I say uh, to a woman who, you know, the woman you're describing sounds like a woman who has really kind of acquiesce to the status quo, like what the world tells a woman, these are the markers that you should hit, you know, in your life. And once you've hit these markers, then now you'll be good. Like you should just live. And so many women have gone down that path and they wake up one day and they're like, I am miserable. This is not, this is not living for me. And along the way, what I believe happens is a woman forgets to listen to the cues that are going on internally that something happened and says, you know, this ain't, this isn't right. Maybe I shouldn't keep going down this path. And instead of listening to those internal um, uh, markers, like I know, and I believe that it's God sort of directing your path according to how he created you. Right. And there are certain things that just are not in alignment with who he made you to be. And when you keep ignoring those internal signals and going, you wake up one day and you're like, I'm miserable, but it's like, how do I find my way back? Well, it's very simple. Those markers are still present, right? I'm I'm a believer that God is always absolutely present with us and his perfect will even though all of us fall short of it, it's still there. What you have to do is you have to find the courage to recommit to what you know he created you to be. So one example in my life, right? As a little girl, I always advise people that they go back to their childhood because sometimes that's when it was most clear, right? You had the least amount of uh, struggles and demands over your life so you can remember what you loved what you enjoyed what made you happy right and you have to kind of go back to reset according to all the world all the things that the world has has tried to do you have to reset and go back there and some of the things that arose out of my childhood I did have a very safe childhood in terms of being protected emotionally so the things that I loved are still present. They're literally the things that I still love today. And so being able to go back and say, you know, I remember being a young girl. And for me, yeah, the story that stands out is in fourth grade, I was in Miss Coleman's fourth grade class at Varenas Elementary in South Carol- in Anderson, South Carolina, right? And my teacher had taught this new math problem, um, this new set of math skills in fourth grade. It was something with long division. And she was like, okay, this is, I know I'm teaching you guys this a few days before the test and it's really hard, but if you're able to master this, I'm going to put some problems on the test. And if you get the problems right, you're going to get extra credit. 
And so I was already, like I told you, pretty studious, very, love to read, love school. And so when my fourth grade teacher told me that you could get something higher than a hundred, like I perked up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, there's something greater than a hundred. And I pay extra attention to her teaching us this long division problem and, you know, did it on the test and like got 105. I remember being so excited. Right. But that was that story is a highlight of something that God was trying to teach me about my life that I wouldn't get when I was nine years old in the fourth grade. I'd get it by reflecting back on my life. And what it showed me is that I value like the highest standards. Like if there is something that is high and and good and and capable that that makes me wake up and so when people look at me and they're like oh high value and high standards I'm at this point in my life talking about this stuff what they don't see is that is a thread that is a theme that has been throughout my life since I was a little girl and while other people may be fast at running or they may be great at drawing I like to see things fulfill the greatest expression of itself. I like to see things in its highest glory. So that is a a marker about my unique life and identity. And if that were not present, if I were not doing things to fulfill that, I wouldn't be happy. And so my point in saying all of that is that God has left trails in your life about who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. You have to decide to listen. Oh my goodness. The way you just broke that apart, it made it so much sense because honestly, I stick with you with that. Like God does leave trails. He leaves us signs and wonders. And sometimes we, we forget that our childhood, just those little things that made us excited, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's what helps us to really start discovering what is it that I really am passionate to do because so much has happened between childhood then you got adolescence and college, like you got mixed up in so much because people were trying to guide you and tell you direction. Because here's the thing around lower twenties, younger twenties, that's when you're really trying to get solid on what are you, what are some things that you really want to do and take off within life. And if you miss that stage, if you spend all them years just partying and drinking, then you're 30 and you're like, man, eight years that went by five years that went by oh my gosh where am I and so now it's like you really trying to get your life together so um there are people who are in that stage which is nothing wrong with getting back on track the fact is that you woke up okay (laughs) I'm glad you woke up now what are the next steps that you're going to take and just the whole matchless course that you're talking about is so phenomenal because there are women who need to get back on their feet and women who need to have an understanding of first off knowing and having a relationship with God is the most important thing that's one part of awakening but then also too having a uh, the right mindset and discovering who you are just getting to that place taking out time for yourself so I love how you broke that down. And so for, for, for anyone out there who may be just in that stage of your life, pay attention and take notes because I think she's dropped a really great gym and um, she's got more to come. And I do want you to kind of talk about like, what are some things that people should be mindful of in the time of their life as they are coming to an understanding of themselves? Uh, what are some things that we should be mindful of? Wow. That's a really good question. (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, So at, at the, at my core, I believe that the journey of self-awareness is always, always present. Right. 
And when you are entering into um, the journey, when you're finally waking up to become more aware of yourself, more aware of, again, your identity, those gifts, those talents, some of those deeper questions in life, you want to be mindful of, number one, how sensitive and how vulnerable um, you, you may feel during that time. So you want to, in my opinion, really protect your emotional state, especially if I'm talking to women. Um, I'm not saying isolate yourself. I know a lot of people think, oh, let me isolate myself and go off to the left. I'm not saying that. But you do need to be around women who are strong in who they are and who can handle some of the sensitive things that you may be feeling when you get to a place where you're ready to stand up for yourself in certain ways. Surround yourself with women who are um, a, who are strong enough to handle that, strong enough to handle you're waking up, you're becoming more aware of yourself, and we have the bandwidth to give you the grace that you need in this time. Um, I would say you also need to be very mindful of um, other relationships that you have that may be close to you that you can't just step away from. So like children or a husband or maybe birth family members. Sometimes those individuals mean very well. You know, sometimes they don't, but sometimes they mean very well, but they cannot help you truly activate who you are in a season, right? They have their own interest in wanting you to remain where you were. And you have to find a way to love and respect them, but also love and respect yourself first and put the proper distance that you need in your life in order to go and explore who you are. Um, it doesn't mean at this stage, I don't know how old everyone is who's, who's watching this. So I'm not saying up and leave your husband or just you may realize you had kids too early and you didn't want that. As you're coming into these hard realizations, you may not want to always express that to the people who <laughs> are present. It may not be the wisest thing to do. So you need to go find a community of women who are strong enough to say, girl, yeah, we've been there. or We know other women who have been there and it's okay. You're going to find your way through this journey. You need major support when you're um, entering into your um, personal self-awareness journey and if you don't get that support, it can be the difference between you staying in situations that are not beneficial to you and you not growing versus you flourishing and actually seeing the manifestation of a very prosperous life that you want. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The co the connection with the right people is so important. Oh, my gosh. If I could just touch down a little bit. I've I've realized that, you know, for me, I can stand in agreement because it's like, for me, I was in a place where I was transitioning and I ended up going to a church and um, that was a great place to be because that church was very supportive. So that was for me, but for other people who may not, maybe you don't go to church, I would definitely say God directs people into your life at the right moment in time. And I'm just, this comes to mind for the individual who may be afraid of making connections. Um, this is a time of your life where you should be open to gaining connection, seeking help, seeking someone who can hold your hand along the journey, because you'll think the entire time that you can do it by yourself, but it makes the process a lot harder. And, you know, 
we have God. God is our ultimate source. But having someone alongside you who has experience and can help you in that area, definitely take heed and know that there are people who are here to help you, to help nurture you and bring the best out of you. So I love that you touched down on that. And I know also too, you you did mention one of the fifth, the fifth part of your um of a woman becoming more aware of herself. You mentioned having a healthy relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And that part is so important. I can I've had experience with that. And I want you to just explain to us, like, first off, tell us how you recognize that having a relationship with money is important. Whew, girl, that's a podcast episode all by itself. (laughs) Um, But I'll give you the condensed version. (laughs) So um, being, I think it goes back to the, the start of my story, right? The oldest daughter of a single parent, Um, who was a mother, right? And she had four children, four mouths to feed. I have no clue how my mother did it financially. You know, she and I have some YouTube videos on my YouTube channel where we've discussed motherhood and she's giving her perspective on what it was like to be a single mama at 17 and raising four kids. She had all of her children before the age of 25. Um. One thing that I will say about my mother is she never hid her journey from me. She never hid that if that the mistakes that she made, right? She didn't see her four children as like, oh, a badge of honor to parade around. She loved us, but she recognized she made major errors with men that caused her to be in the situation. And so she encouraged me to be like, don't come this way <laughs> because this is a very hard path. And one of the harder parts of it was the finances. And my mom, one of the things that she did make sure that I knew before I left her home about money was always set aside something, like never spend all of your money. She was really, she was really big on saving. And so that I didn't know while I went on my own financial education journey, which you don't learn in school. My journey was very much so self-taught about money. And then also a few key people who came alongside and were like, hey, don't don't rack up these credit cards. At Spelman, we had people who who would come and talk to us. So I had certain individuals once I became 18 and grown who came around and said, "Uh uh-uh, this is the way you want to go. But it was definitely my mom that, you know, help me to understand that money is a real part of your everyday life. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how close your relationship with God is. I don't care if you're at the top, you know, you prayer warrior at the church. I grew up in the midst of all of that, right? I went to a church where you were flipping over chairs, shouting and growing (laughs) up, that was my church. Okay. Everybody was like, what? (laughs) Everyone was like, what are these crazy people doing at church? Right. I don't care how spiritual you are. You are going to leave church and you got to go and buy something to eat. You're going to use money. And so when it comes to more practical matters, I feel like my my mother was definitely a voice. My grandmother was very grounded. Um, she wasn't one of the ones flipping chairs when she shouted, right? She was a very solid, stable woman. But she also um, had really bad relationships with men and ended her life um, losing a lot of money as a result of a bad marriage that she had dealt with. And when I came along was rooted very deeply in poverty. So although she had a lot of love, 
she had not managed money well. And for me, looking back over my story, I was like, I wanted to set a new course for my my family and the future of my family. So it was it was practical for me. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Like the relationship part is so important. And I feel like just you breaking that down and giving us a better understanding, like the importance to because money is everywhere. Like you can't run away from it. Like if you really want to live, you have to have money. And I used to be that person who would just pray, pray, pray. And thank God he took care of me. But there came a time when he was like, all right, Arnesia, you got to work. <laughs> you got to grow up. You have to grow up. It's I mean, hard work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I just want to be kind of sent- mindful of those who are in that season because I was there. Okay. We just saying, you know, there comes a, that like you literally have to work because I do know people and I've been in that place before where I would just be praying and that was a season of me and my wilderness and you know my perspective has changed has gotten a lot more sharper because I was in that mindset you know in church and praying all day or just building and creating and wasn't able to get a job because here's the thing here's what I've realized is that it can be also a loophole of poverty but you don't know it. I did not know that poverty reigned in my life as today. I thought it was just on my mom's side of the family. And that's what happened to them. Like, no, that's generational. Yes. You know, it's generational. So I think we should all be thinking of, well, if I'm not, if something's blocking me from making money right now, what is it in my mind? Like, I definitely want you to touch on it because I know that you have some gems on that because we I think mindset is so important. What is blocking my finances? Is it my mindset or is it my habits? Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, So I like to start with mindset issues when it comes to money, especially if you're coming from a background of poverty. There are also mindset issues that you may have around money if you come from uh, wealth, right? Money is, if you have a lot of money, there are issues that you face that are typically a little bit different in terms of mindset problems than those who started in poverty. But I'll start there with the poverty mindset to overcome. One of the biggest things in terms of understanding your money blocks is really looking back at your story. What grounds you? Everything starts there. Your first experiences with money, um, who taught you what about money, whether they taught you verbally and, and actually sat down and spoke with you, or if they taught you through their actions, like always mismanaging money. If you have mamas who was always at the title loan place or borrowing and never paying back or all of these habits, a lot of times we pick up because we've seen other individuals do it. If you watch people not have a lot of integrity around money, they, you know, those types of things influence you, whether you're aware of it or not. Um, Despite your consciousness of it, despite how mindful you are of it, a lot of our decisions around money are because of people who were in our lives in our formative years. So you always have to start there. When you see how the people around you, when you were growing up, handled money and you see that influence, the next thing is you want to begin to deposit better ideas into your mind about money because this is what will drive everything, right? You will make a decision to 
save money or spend everything you have from your mind, right? It, it a lot of some of it can be emotional, but ultimately it gets back to your mindset. You may have these feelings of, oh, I'm going to do it. But then the answer is why? And you have to keep going back to that place if you're ready, whenever you're ready to get your money together. One of the things that I think was most impactful for me in terms of really adjusting, like shifting my money mindset, not just adjusting it a little bit. And I kind of got it, but a major shift that occurred to me was when I learned um, what it meant to really be wealthy and what at the root of the word wealthy, where it came from. Mm-hmm. And um, historically, wealthy individuals were um, known as the people who were well, both internally and externally. So when someone looked and called you wealthy, beyond rich, now you were called rich if you had a lot of money, okay? It was just clear. You go in a bank account and somebody has a lot of money, whatever a lot is for that season and time. You know, if you open up your bank account and someone has $250,000, somebody would be like, oh, you got money, right? Most individuals have never seen that type of money in their bank account. Um, If you have a home and your equity is at about $300,000 right now, People would be like, oh, wow, you know, you have that if you sold your home, that's a lot of money to most people. It's several salaries, right? But outside of being rich and having a lot of money, that's the external portion of wealth and money mindset. But the actual wealthy back in the day were the people who had internal well-being. So they were safe. They were secure. They were they were well-respected in the community. They were honorable. Um, they were people who you would look up to. They were generous. They, they cared about their communities. They supported their communities. They gave to individuals who were helping them. The community called you wealthy. And when I learned that definition, I remember something clicking in me and saying, that's who I want to be. I want to be well on the inside as well as manifest that prosperously on the outside with my bank accounts. And when I came into alignment with that idea, that core idea of wealth, something shifted in me for the next level, right? So now my firm, um, we just got our July numbers and we've officially assisted physicians and doctors and pharmacists with about $8 million worth of healthcare deals. So I've negotiated, been the lead attorney in that. And so welcoming you know, people's deals that are in the millions and people's businesses that are, you know, I'm, I'm helping people with their staff, making sure that their staff can get paid at this point. That, that was a shift for me, right? It was also a shift where I became ready to receive my own millions, right? And so I know how fast my household turns over a million dollars, right? And I'm now talking to God and we're putting things in place so that that can be a yearly occurrence for us. And so, you know, you continue to grow from this small seed of understanding, I want to be well first internally, and then second, I want to manifest it. And the moment you get in the line, the moment I got in alignment with what I wanted out of my financial life, and I got my mindset really centered around that, things have just changed. Oh my this God. took years too. So it wasn't overnight. It wasn't overnight. I, you know, I ain't selling no pipe dream to y'all. Years. But when I learned that definition, it shifted me. Once you get a grip on the understanding of the word wealth, the way that you just broke it down made so much sense. Wealthy 
healthy on the inside, good on the inside, and it starts to manifest. And I think that's why, I mean, I see a lot of people saying, oh, wealthy, manifest wealthiness. And I I was, I'm still trying to get an understanding of manifestation. I'm like, I don't know how y'all doing it, but I get it because it takes a lot of faith, but I think it has a lot to do with the mind. And I can totally relate. And I feel like one of the things too, I want to discuss a little bit is just business in general, because like that takes a mindset shift. So just, you know, I just recently enhanced into stepping into like network marketing. And before, when I tell you, I was afraid like to do network marketing, I was against it, but now I get it as a business owner, as an entrepreneur that takes, it takes a huge mindset shift. You have to have a healthy relationship with money. So with somebody who is, you know, let's say working a full-time job or they're trying to transition into um, entrepreneurship, you have to have the right mindset. I believe it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad that talks about um, transitioning from an employee mindset to an employer mindset. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that goes with the same thing with our finances. When you level up, because we talk about leveling up to a high value woman, Mm -hmm. when you level up in anything that you do in life, your mindset is the asset that's going to help you get to where you're trying to go, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, like <laughs> mindset is everything. What are some things that you feel like you have, you know, learned from? What are some some habits that you can share with us, some techniques that can help us when it comes to building a healthier mindset? Uh, around money, correct? Around money. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. Um, I know my favorite habit around money, honestly, is I keep a money, a book about money in my reading rotation at all times, at all times. And I actually read books that generally align with my core philosophy about money, meaning I want to be wealthy based off the definition that I just gave you. I typically read books by individuals who hold that same um, philosophy. But there are times that I've introduced books from individuals who, you know, believe differently. So people who who preach very heavily on being rich. Um, and, and when I say that, I mean, they don't take into account the internal well-being that you need to consider when you're out here and you're obtaining money, right? Because there are two different energies in how you get money. You got the people who go, 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 and they sacrifice they hit their health and their relationships and everything to get the money. You have individuals who are very strategic, intelligent, and aligned with purpose and profit, and they consider their business deals. And it's a whole entire mental process before they move forward because they don't want to sacrifice their health, their relationships their love, their character. Okay. So I generally lean on that towards that philosophy about money. There are individuals who move according to a different philosophy where I've listened to them. I've heard what they're saying. I hear their reasoning, you know, for their get it at all costs and you got to be competitive and you got to be the first and all of that. I listen to them um, because there is sound wisdom in terms of anyone who's been able to acquire and amass a lot of resources, but I lean on the individuals who've done it considering their well-being. Um, But yeah, that's one of my biggest tips is to keep a a book about money in your reading rotation. And then 
really settle into what your philosophy is about money. I know your list, whoever your listeners are, they're listening to me right now, but some of them may not, you know, think about money in terms of well-being. They may be of the another persuasion where it's like, girl, I'm gonna get my money at all costs. You know, I told you guys, I grew up in the hood. There were plenty of people around me who were like, girl, I'm not thinking about my relationships. I'm going, I'm going to do what I need to do to get this money and get out the hood. And, um, what I kind of learned about that mentality and energy is a lot of times it is rooted in a poverty mindset. Um, and for me, I, I couldn't continue to stay in that type of mindset. I really never fully had it, but it was around me as an option, but I I couldn't choose that mindset because it didn't feel good and it didn't feel in alignment with who I was. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's the first habit books about money. The second habit is number two, I am an avid saver, right? Um, I think we live in a generation, Instagram generation, Lord, everybody talking about money. I don't know how else to put it. Okay. Everybody and their mama talking about money. There are so many ideas about money out here. And most of them, are short-sighted at best is what I'll say. They do not account for a long-term wealth-building strategy. Um, Good nuggets, but not comprehensive like you may need for real wealth-building. And you have to decide that your financial stability is important enough for you to make a full-time investment in it, right? Surround yourself with people who are definitely masters at money, people who have really gotten the results that you're looking to have in your life, and they've done it in a way that you find admirable, right? Um, But I am an avid saver, and that discipline of saving, as far as my second tip, the first tip is reading the books, the second one is become an avid saver. Don't spend more than you earn it's I mean at the core of wealth building practically y'all the people who don't spend who have learned to discipline themselves to not spend everything that they have I promise you regardless of how much you make and where you go in the world you will find peace with your money with just those two things because you'll have money right you won't be dealing with being broke if you don't spend all that you have and there are seasons when i look back at those seasons of my life and my husband's life when we were you know we didn't have a ton of money but we were still practicing that that season is what literally built this it's it's our foundation is not weak our foundation is extremely strong when i got to the point in my life and i recognized like I don't, I don't even remember how many years ago this was. I have to look back. At one point, I, I did have it all written down. But some years back, I realized that from my discipline of saving, we had like two to three years of our bills, our core bills saved up. At that point, it was like, okay, we need to get into investing, right? That was our journey into investing. But I had already had books in my reading rotation about investing. So I wasn't afraid of moving from here you have this lump sum what do you guys do with it now we're ready for investing my husband he's extremely good with money as well he's he's amazing at the offensive side of money I'm amazing at the defensive side of money so like when it comes to scouting deals or 
um, looking at solid stocks to invest in, choosing our real estate properties that we're investing in. My husband is just very keen and natural at it. So the third thing I'd say as a habit is get around people who are also very much so great with money and have a strong wealth building mindset. And if you can have a partner, like I know for me, that's the strongest place. Like if your partner, your lover is someone who is in alignment with you with money, it'll be much easier as well. You you just hit all. That was good. I hope y'all took notes on that. Read what, what the three. One more time. You said. <laughs> um, so is keep a book about money in your reading rotation at all times. Um, number two was become a disciplined saver. Don't spend all that you have. Learn to spend less than what you earn. And then number three is surround yourself with individuals who have a true wealth building mindset as well. And if it can be your partner in life, like the person you marry or your lover, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the jackpot. That's what you want. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. I think if we apply those things, because it's it's basic. And I was just thinking this today. I said, you know, the foundation is the important part to your finances. It's so like spiritually, you know, spiritually for me, my foundation is is Christ, right? I believe in Jesus. He's my Lord. That's my foundation. Mm-hmm. But financially, What's your foundation financially? And I think we should all think about that. Have you built a foundation? Because honestly, like you said, where you want to go is all based on the foundation of of your finances. So if you aren't reading that book, if you aren't uh, saving, being an avid saver, if you are not surrounding yourself around people who can help teach you, these are this is highly important. And, And I'm highlighting this like really, really important because as a Black community, I'm starting to tap into this because I'm just like, man, before I was so like illiterate, not really trying to tap into it. Like I knew it existed, but it wasn't important to me. But when you experience poverty firsthand, when you experience being at a low place as an entrepreneur for so long and you like, wait a minute, something just is not right. As you're striving to produce greater and you're like, why can't I yield a greater return? Well, what seeds are you planting? What's the, what's the foundation? you know? And so you, oh my gosh, listen, y'all check out Lindasha on Instagram. She has more to give you guys. I feel like check her out. She's actually her at her Instagram handle is very simple. It's L Y N D O S H A. I'm pretty sure she has more gems in there. And she also um, in her, the link in her bio, she also has a website where you can dive more deeper into the money mindset, also matchless with the um, the guide to finding a best version of yourself. So I thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad we found each other because this was timely, very timely. Um, I'm in, actually in a season of my life where I'm being more stern and more focused on financial literacy. And that's what I'm starting to just talk more about and tell people about. So Yes. Thank you so much. I actually have like a one last thing. I usually do this. It's called a memorable moment. So it's basically something for people to remember you by. So what can you say for the woman who is seeking to discover her gifts and gain confidence to impact others? What can you say to her? Um, What I will say to her is as you are gaining confidence to impact others, don't neglect yourself. Remember you are a part of the human family as well. 
and women naturally we give out so much it's who we are we're nurturers um, but unfortunately we forget about us as a part of the human family and you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're putting your oxygen mask on first um, and I know you won't regret it because when you put your oxygen mask on first, like I put mine on first, I'm telling you, <laughs> but now I can come and give out of the best of me as opposed to the worst of me. So. I love it. I love what you're doing, girl. Like the words, I hope y'all grab that. Cause I said me <laughs> oxygen mask on first. Yeah. Put your oxygen mask on first. <laughs> and then you can give out of the best of you. Cause you're, you're full. Yes, I love it. I love it. So like I said before, follow Ladasha on Instagram. And from there, you will find out more about her. That's L-Y-N-D-O-S-H-A. And definitely connect with her, inbox her, email her, get connected, get plugged in because she is definitely a force to be reckoned with. And she is a wonderful woman who is just giving out so much for us. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I I greatly appreciate it. And we are starting um, a self-worth six-week accelerator through my personal development brand. So um, if you have heard anything on here and you're like, girl, I am trying to get myself back in alignment with who I am on August the 18th, um, that Wednesday, we're going to, for the next six weeks, be on an hour Zoom call um, whereby we will discuss everything from how do you learn to acknowledge yourself and find your gifts, um, walking in your self-worth, preparing for a king, for those of you who are really ready to receive a man with a vision and kind of get out these streets, okay? We're going to talk about how a high-value woman dates and what she does to prepare for a king. Um, And also, we'll touch a little bit about money, but we'll have a 30-minute teaching session, and then you guys will get to pour in your questions to me and We'll talk about your situations and and give out that advice. And we start on August the 18th of this year. So let me know if you're interested. DM me on Instagram. You have my handle. And I'm so excited to just be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I don't take it lightly at all when um, someone invites me on their platform to speak. I think it's a great privilege. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And thank y'all, everybody, for joining. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you've gained anything from our podcast, please leave us a review, letting us know your thoughts. And don't forget to subscribe to Up To Me Radio on your favorite podcast platform and follow at I am Arnesia. That's at I-A-M-A-R-N-E-S-J-A-H on social media to hear more from the God Identity Podcast. I'll catch you later.